Lecture topic. Appreciation and respect for Dean. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِنَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ صدق الله العظيم <coughs> All suspected students of Deen, mothers and sisters Those who have been blessed with a very very great bounty of Allah Ta'ala to learn Deen. This is beyond what we can imagine. That what a great bounty this is. The issue is that the reality of this we can never in understand in this dunya. It is beyond anybody to understand the reality in this world. Somebody might say, but how come I need to understand it, then I will believe it. So, a little child, two years old, three years old, is beginning to already now talk, whatever, saying a lot of things, trying to explain to him what is the some, some issue about what is going to be the profits in some investment, now you're going to invest in this, so now you can't uh, have this money now because you're going to invest it in here and this will bring in returns and you're going to have to renovate this building first, you're going to spend more in what that child is going to understand in all this, what is this investment about. He says, no, no, he cannot understand all that now, he wants that money. The point is that in that phase of that child's life, it is beyond him. If you go one step even further back, before a child is born, if that child could be communicated with, and if that child could be told that there's a very huge world out there, and whatever else, beyond imagination for the child. Likewise, the reality of what this is all about, our understanding and our eyes of dunya cannot see it, and cannot understand it. We have to wait for the akhirat, then we'll understand it. Here in dunya, it is a place to believe. Believe in what Allah Ta'ala has given. Believe in what Nabi Kareem Sallallahu has given us. And that we will believe in the unseen. Our belief is in the unseen. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about those for whom the Quran Sharif is hidayat. Those who the Quran Sharif will become a means of guidance. Their primary quality is الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ They have Iman in the unseen. So now this is the Iman that we have in the unseen. In any case, so this is the very very great bounty Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Unfortunately, we take it for granted. It is something we don't give much attention to because it's something that has to happen now. What else are we going to do? Our parents didn't want us to go to maybe some government institution or some other matter. So now we had no other choice. Not necessarily everyone is in this situation, but sometimes 
this is what happens. Others were doing it, so I needed to do it. Others uh, were just going with the flow, so I had to carry on also. Or my parents forced me to be here. I didn't want to be here. I wanted to be somewhere else. And whatever other things of this nature continue. So we just take it for granted and just go with the motions and just carry on with life. And sometimes, despite learning so many things, but when this is the approach, then all the things we learn just get left on the side. We still do the opposite. Why? Because of a lack of appreciation for this bounty. We have not appreciated it the way it should be appreciated, not given it its due regard, not having focused ourselves to acquire the true ilm. So as a result, then it becomes like just another academic study. People go to various places to learn many things. Somebody goes to some institution where deen is being taught and they carry on. Just a short while ago, perhaps maybe half an hour ago or so, some person was here from another country overseas uh, and western country. So, he mentioned something which might sound extremely strange to us, but this is a... So, as we understand a setup of a Darul Ulum in terms of its its syllabus, its curriculum. So basically a similar outline of a curriculum, something as he t- called it a watered down syllabus, but basically running in the same pattern. So study of the Arabic language initially and then going up to fiqh, various and building up to hadith, tafsir and hadith, etc. So the similar similar kind of setup, not exactly the same, but very similar. And uh, the word or the name is not Darul Ulum, it's a little bit more, as he said, a little bit more fancy name, a seminary. But now the curriculum is very similar to a Darul Ulum. And students are studying this. And then he said something which was extremely shocking, surprising. He said even the class that where there is a study of Hadith, Bukhari Sharif, Muslim Sharif, etc. But that class is a mixed class. There is a mixed class. Everybody is dressed there in their so-called casual clothing, <coughs> whether it's the students or whether it's the teachers. And it's a mixed class. And uh, they're studying. So I asked him one question. I said, but what is the purpose of the study then? Why are they studying? Muslims are talking about, obviously. <clears throat> what is this purpose? So his response was, that even studying Islamic studies is a fashion. Has become a fashion. So in other words, the people that are studying there, many of them are simultaneously studying for some degree, whatever else, or have already studied some degree, now there is a four year course that is carrying on here, Islamic studies of some sort, so now they are doing this, but he said after they graduate from here, to date there has been nobody besides one, nobody who is involved in any dini khidmat, one person only is involved in some dini khidmat somewhere, but other than that nobody, so that was the point I asked, but what is the 
purpose of somebody spending this time now and studying all these kitabs, etc. It's like another fashion, he said. It is perhaps more than a fashion. It's perhaps a fashion from the side of some students that they're just doing it. But from the side of those who are running such an institution, it might be far beyond just a fashion. It is some agenda which is being carried out. But the point is, these things are happening in the world. And as shocking as it might seem to us, but this is something that's been running there for a long time, which we were in the way of. But the point that, again, we need to remind ourselves of, that one is to just go through the motions of studying something, then this too is a study, they're studying, let alone uh, the level of study that is in our madrasa, they are studying the high level things, they're studying Bukhari Sharif, etc. But this is the halat now, there's a mixed class, so what is being learned in the tafsir lessons, they obviously came across the ayat of the Quran Sharif, where Allah tabarak wa ta'ala commands, وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ Now, this is a class, this is a, a, a seminary, as they call it, where there's a higher level of study. So the higher level of study will definitely include a study of tafsir, study of the Qur'an Sharif and the tafsir of the Qur'an Sharif. So definitely this ayat would have come where Allah Ta'ala is commanding the sahaba kiram that if you ask the azwaja mutahharat of something out of need, the most pure people on earth, the ummat, nobody in the ummat could match, and nobody in any other ummat can match their purity. After the Anbiya Ali Musratu Salam, they are the most pure people on earth. And Allah is giving this direction to the Sahaba Kiram that if you ask the azwaja mutahharat, the mothers of the ummat, the noble wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If you have to ask them something out of need, then even though they are known as the mothers of the ummah, but they are not your biological mothers. That is why this is now being specifically stated. That somebody might think, but aren't they the mothers of the ummah? They are ummahatul mu'mineen. Yes, indeed. The honor, the respect, the position that a mother has, they have a higher position for the ummah. But they are not biological mothers, so therefore you will still maintain the segregation and maintain the parda from them. So if you have to ask something out of need, then do so from behind the curtain. <coughs> Meaning there must be a separation, there must be a curtain, a veil, there must be a barrier. Now this ayat was definitely studied or unless it was conveniently left out. So now what is the purpose then? If this is the purpose of study, to distort things, to so now there must have been some distortion, some kind of way of trying to explain it away, that Nawazubillah, this does not apply in this time and age, this was something for the camel ages, Nawazubillah, all these kind of ajeeb things, are sometimes said by people. So now this is the point that, we need to take a lesson from that how much we must appreciate the correct knowledge of deen, the knowledge that is directly from the correct sources, authentic knowledge, which is coming to us in an authentic way, how much we must appreciate this. 
Now, if we do not appreciate this, there are places in the world where people are without any knowledge. And as a result, sometimes people are being buried without even the proper ghusl being given, without even janaza salah taking place some places. These are realities. One country in Europe, uh, some person, uh, not in Europe, South America, some alim from South Africa was based there for a while and uh, some people had become familiar with him, his family also, they had become familiar, the ladies. So, then they moved back to South Africa, so one day they got a call from somebody in one, one of those areas, a bit of a remote area, that uh, this person has passed away, there is nobody here available to do the ghusl, we are going to try, but just remain on the line, we need your advice and guidance as we are going along, please help us, please tell us, okay, do this now, do this now, because nobody here knows what to do. Now they have to give ghusl to a mayit, the person's last rites, this is such an important aspect now, that it's a, a oblig- an obligation on the community now. Everybody will be responsible, if nobody did it, everybody will be accountable. And this is for the kifaya. So now, the janaza salah, etc. Now nobody is going to do it. Everybody will be responsible. Now there is nobody they knows what to do. So now, from far away in another part of the world, somebody has to guide them over the phone. Now because they had some link with someone, so they at least took that much of advice. Now imagine if they didn't get hold of him, his phone was off, or he was out of reception somewhere, they would have tried one, two places, got nobody, then what they would have done. And Allah knows best after that what they did also. So it means that many a times this would be happening and has probably happened, that people were buried without the proper Islamic burial. Now can we imagine that's the last part of a person's, whatever is going to happen with him in dunya, he's gone. But that's an obligation on the people, on the community, on people around him. But they don't know what to do. Can we imagine, Allah forbid, Allah forbid somebody in such a situation and people don't know how to perform his janaza salah, don't know how to give the ghusl correctly. Now what is this, way this comes from? When jahalat spreads. Now because we have an abundance of ulama in our country, mashayikh, madaris, and places where deen is being taught, etc. So we take it for granted. And as a result, we don't appreciate this very great bounty. It's not a matter of, well, this others doing it. So Allah Ta'ala gave us the opportunity to acquire this very, very great bounty. And if we don't appreciate it, Allah Ta'ala will put somebody else in that place. Allah is completely independent. He has no need for anyone. This is Allah Ta'ala's selection Allah Ta'ala has blessed with this choice, with this, op- with this opportunity, has made us come to learn deen. We don't do this of our own accord, that instead of being in some government place, some other place where all kinds of things are happening, we just strolled in here, our parents just decided to send, no, this was Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq that we got saved from all that. Otherwise, what not is happening out there in the world? Allah Ta'ala saved us from that. We need to become very, very grateful for this. Express that gratitude. Express that shukar. Sit down and ponder over this. Meditate over it. 
feel the happiness for the tawfiq that Allah Ta'ala blessed us, that Allah Ta'ala saved us from all those environments that are swallowing people's iman, swallowing their haya, swallowing their respect, swallowing all the good qualities of a mu'min, and leaving them, Allah forbid, with what kind of mindset, what kind of heart, what kind of character, what kind of shamelessness and immorality, what kind of thinking and vices that they are getting caught up in. So now, this is what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, that we got saved from all that, and we have been given an opportunity to learn deen. So what is the purpose of learning deen? The purpose of learning deen is to please Allah Ta'ala. Because that is the ultimate. akbar. The pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is the ultimate. So we need to become conscious and turn to Allah Ta'ala and beg Allah Ta'ala's help, beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for our shortcomings, whatever lack of gratitude we have displayed, and now become very grateful and express this gratitude. And the very essential part of this gratitude is then to practice on this knowledge. Because that is the purpose of the knowledge, to please Allah Ta'ala. And how Allah will become pleased? When we will make amal. And amal is dependent on ilm. Without ilm, there is no, no chance of amal. It's not possible. Because if a person wants to perform salah, he has no ilm of salah, how is he going to perform it? He has no ilm of the taharat, where that salah is going to be valid. So, this is that very great opportunity of learning deen and at a level higher than the basic level of the makatib, much more detail, many, many more aspects. This is purely Allah Ta'ala's grace. But the purpose is that we must now become practicing Muslims in every sense of the word. Not just that we are doing things here and there, that's it. We are keeping up with what we are supposed to do in terms of amal, practicing. So in order to gain this progress in ilm, that ilm which translates into amal, ilm which translates into amal. It is not just anywhere and everywhere that a person will go and learn some knowledge and it will just automatically become amal. No, that's not how it happens. We just discussed the issue that very class where Bukhari Sharif is being taught is a mixed class. What amal is happening there? And how people are carrying on casually, whatever. So the point is that amal comes from some specific aspects. The first aspect in that regard is ikhlas, studying and learning deen solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Not just because I was just pushed in here, I had no choice, or my friends were here, or whatever else. Purely for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure to please my Rabb, to please Allah Ta'ala, only for His pleasure. So to, to make dua for this, make dua for this ikhlas, turn to Allah Ta'ala, beg His help. This is not just something, by the way, that we have come to learn deen. It is an extremely great bounty from Allah Ta'ala. So, the first thing is, ikhlas, sincerity, turning to Allah Ta'ala in total sincerity, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for our shortcomings, and now bringing in our hearts that intention, that determination, that whatever we do, for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. So, acquiring the knowledge of deen, only for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. 
then together with ikhlas, the azam of amal, azam means determination, the determination to practice on what we learn. Sometimes there isn't even an intention. There's a lesson on some aspect of deen, we're going through the lesson, we are learning the facts and figures, we are memorizing what needs to be memorized, we're ready to write the exams, but we never made the intention yet to even practice on this, to make it a part of our life. We never once made dua for it as well. So that is far away from this, what we are trying to achieve. So one is ikhlas, then that ilm must be acquired with the azam, with the determination of amal, that inshallah, with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala, I will practice on this. Tawfiq comes from Allah Ta'ala, to make dua for the tawfiq as well. That too is included in this. When there is a determination to try and practice, then that determination will include dua. Because the essence of it all is dua. So there will be a lot of dua begging Allah Ta'ala's help. Ya Allah, you help me to progress in ilm and to also make amal on that ilm. That I live the knowledge of deen. It's not just something on, in words only. <coughs> So we're just touching on a few things, so ikhlas and this amal, and azam on amal. Then an extremely important thing, which we've heard over and over again, and we need to remind ourselves about this every day, that the tawfiq of amal comes, tawfiq of amal on the ilm, it comes when, among things, as we discussed just now, ikhlas, etc., one very fundamental aspect is adab. Adab might sound like, this is like some extra thing on the side, like how now a person is eating something, so one is the main cause, the main cause is there, then there's a, some extras on the side, there's some, uh, some samosa and papar or somewhere there, there's some salad somewhere, so many a person has his meal without any papar anywhere, has his meal without any salad, he still fills his stomach. And if every day he had to eat without those extras, it doesn't really matter as such. Majority of people, that's how they are surviving. They're just having the basic meal. So now sometimes this adab is regarded as like an extra on the side. If it's there, it's very good. If it's not there, it's not something so essential is like a extra, beneficial extra. Whereas that's far from the reality. Adab is not an extra. Adab is part of the essential aspect. It's such an important aspect that if you take it out of the equation, if it's out of the system, then nothing is going to be achieved. Ilm, in terms of ilm, nothing is going to be achieved. Some words, some facts and figures, that might be learned, but no ilm is going to be acquired without adab. There are other aspects as well, but adab is one of the most fundamental aspects through which there will be the tawfiq of amal on ilm. In fact, this is the essence of everything. Because correct amal depends on correct ilm, correct understanding of knowledge. Now one is on a very basic level, we won't understand what we, what does this all mean. Like for example now, the correct understanding of how to make wudu. So now it's quite straightforward, somebody has been taught how to make wudu correctly, 
So now there isn't too much of complications to understand or any complication for that matter to understand how to make wudu and to make it correctly. But yes, if a person hasn't that nur of iman then that wudu will be very very deficient. Why it will be deficient? He is making his wudu washing all the limbs correctly, properly not leaving anything dry. Yes, but if that nur of iman is missing, despite the knowledge also, despite having learned the sunnahs of wudu, he will be missing it out. Many sunnahs will be missed out. There will be a slapdash, haphazard job of the wudu also. And it will be devoid of barakat because he would have missed out all the sunnahs, or most of it. And maybe no du'as were recited. From the beginning till the end, the masnoon du'as of how at the time of wudu, before wudu, reciting bismillah, etc. During the wudu, Allahumma khfilli zambi, wa wassi'li fi dari, wa barikli fi rizqi. After the wudu, so all this will be omitted. As a result, so much of deprivation. Now, was this learnt or not? Yes, it was learnt. Exams passed? Yes, 100%. Why no action? Something is missing. Now, that is the point that the correct understanding was not there. So somebody will say, how come correct understanding? He's performing the wuzu correctly. First he did what he had to do, gargled his mouth and then washed his, the, gargled the mouth and then cleaned the nostrils and then after that, whatever he had to do, wash his face, etc., etc. So he got the right understanding. No, he didn't have the full understanding. If he had the correct understanding, then he would be very eager to make sure that even the sunnats are fulfilled. The understanding was deficient. He took it as something by the way. That's the lack of understanding. Now this is on one level, wudu. And then on another level, the example we discussed earlier. The ayat of the Quran Sharif is clear. وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَائِ حِجَابٍ But there is still a distorted understanding. The command is very clear, but the understanding is being distorted with some ajeeb ideas. And as a result, the Bukhari Sharif class is mixed. Now, this is the point, what some Mashaikh have stated, that when there is Adab, Adab leads to correct understanding. Adab draws the correct understanding. It enlightens the mind to understand correctly. And when there is correct understanding of ilm, then the reality of ilm will come. So the reality of Adab will create the correct understanding. And the correct understanding now will allow ilm to be understood correctly. And when ilm will be understood correctly, then there will be correct amal. And when there is correct amal, then that correct amal will lead to marifat. Because amal is pertaining to the external self as well, and there is amal pertaining to the internal self. So now the external amal, the internal amal, this will come out of the correct ilm and knowledge and that correct knowledge will come out of the correct understanding of that knowledge. When a person has the correct understanding, now the correct knowledge will be applied. So now what was the root? The root was adab. Take adab out and this whole building will collapse. So many a times it's taken as something by the way, taken as 
just an extra, some optional thing. But this optional thing is not an optional thing, this is an essential thing. Shaitan makes it look like an optional thing to us. So if we want to progress in ilm, then adab. Adab for who? So now, if for example, somebody is teaching us, so now we might be conscious of make, having adab for that teacher. And if somebody is not teaching us, that is not my teacher. So we haven't yet understood adab then. Adab for all who have any rank above us must be respected. Starting off from our parents. So now, nowadays, this is a very common problem unfortunately. Children have their own mind they say. And they do their own things. So now, they barely still, parents have just barely made them now, put them on their own feet, in the sense that now they can do their own things. So now they have no consideration for the parent. So now the parent is saying, no, you do this. For example, now you, there are these kind of cases that keep coming up, that somebody now, the parents want to send them to study, learn deen, they have their own mind. No, no, I want to do this and that and the other. So now they are in a war with their parents. They are arguing with their parents and backchatting them. This is a very common story, unfortunately. And what we hear might be just a small fraction. So Allah knows best how many. So why this all happens? We haven't appreciated what opportunity Allah gave us. And we don't realize what the value of this is. And then we don't realize in that the importance of adab. So now parents are spoken to anyhow. Parent is guiding us towards something good. And we are now pulling in a different direction. And that too in a disrespectful manner. That causes tremendous deprivation. Causes us to be, become losers. Very great losers. But that loss is not immediately visible. That loss is not immediately realized. But in time, when that realized, it's too late to do anything about it. So this is the very, very essential aspect, the aspect of adab. We need to make dua for this also, and learn adab. And practice adab. Adab with everyone. Adab for everything related to deen. The highest level of adab, the Quran Sharif, how we pick it up, how we keep it down, how we open the pages. It is disrespectful to just flip the pages of the Qur'an Sharif anyhow. With respect, one page at a time, or one small portion at a time, in a nice dignified manner. A person wants to open up somewhere in the middle of the Qur'an Sharif. Don't just throw it, the cover on one side, and then now just flip the pages. It's not a book, of some story book, or some... This is a kalam of Allah Ta'ala. The Qur'an Sharif needs to be handled with utmost respect. So now, our manner of touching the Qur'an Sharif must display that respect. How we open the pages must display that respect. How we pick it up, how we keep it, how where we place it, all this must display that utmost respect for the kalam of Allah Ta'ala, for the word of Allah Ta'ala. So, like that, the Quran Sharif, all the kitabs of deen, anything that's related to deen, the azan, the masjid, the madrasa, all this is part of deen, teaching us a place where we are learning deen. The desk that we keep our kitabs on, the pen that we write knowledge with, all this deserves respect. And that is what brings about 
the enlightenment in the heart due to which knowledge can be understood correctly. Otherwise, a person will say something and read something, learn something and do something else. Learn about how bad it is to lie and will lie. Learn about how bad it is to harm somebody will go harm someone. Learn all the good things and not do it. Why? Because other businessing, as a result of which that heart is not enlightened, the topic of amal doesn't come. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give us a topic. Allah ta'ala bless us with the reality of adab and the reality of all the qualities of iman. Allah ta'ala make us completely sincere and help us to become true servants of His in every sense of the word. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخف لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اخفر وارحم وعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله